Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Thank you guys so much for listening and if you want to support us even more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. For five bucks a month, you'll get two extra episodes and more. And you can also support us by leaving us a five-star review and subscribing on whatever podcast platform you listen on. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. We also have cool Allegedly Astrology stuff on TeePublic, so go there and check it out if you want to see. And follow us on all the social media channels. We're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, Hey Hero, and we're making a comeback on TikTok. And we're Allegedly Astro on Twitter. And you can visit our website, allegedlyastrology.com, spelled exactly like how you would imagine it, to learn <laughs> more about us and the show, or book a reading with me, Dana, and to check out some charts and transcripts from select episodes. So with that, let's get into today's topic, which was highly requested by our incredible Allegedly Astrology listeners, Dana, what are we covering? Today we're talking about the life of Marilyn Monroe. The blonde bombshell who is so much more than that, which we will get into. But if you don't know about Marilyn, she is a major pop culture icon and sex symbol. In fact, the only people that might be more recognized than her are said to be Elvis Presley and Mickey Mouse. So, <laughs> And one of them isn't even a person. Yeah, literally. Or was ever real. Um, <laughs> yeah. Depends on what conspiracy theory you subscribe to, but she has an extremely impressive resume of accomplishments, so I'll just read off some highlights. The American Film Institute ranked her sixth on their list of greatest female screen legends in American history, and she was the most photographed person of the 20th century. Um, Again, this was like other people photographing her. This was before the selfies (laughs) were like a thing. But Marilyn was known for playing the sort of like comedic blonde bombshell in films like Some Like It Hot, The Misfits, The Seven Year Itch, and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Um, Marilyn has been the subject of hundreds of books, films, plays, songs, operas, And she even inspired many other pop culture icons like Andy Warhol and Madonna. And Today, she still has a very valuable brand. She's been licensed for hundreds and hundreds of products. So let's learn more about Marilyn and her astrology. Yes. So Marilyn Monroe was an American actress, singer, and model. She was born Norma Jean Mortensen, and she later changed her name to her mom's last name. So she became Norma Jean Baker. Um, She grew up in Los Angeles, and she had a pretty rough childhood. You know, spoiler alert, there was uh, a spoiler slash trigger alert. She was sexually assaulted. This is the only time I'll say it, though, so... The trigger alert has ended. Um, Her mom was also emotionally unstable. So Norma grew up in a lot of foster homes and an orphanage. Yes. And she had multiple family members and grandparents that were admitted to like psychological institutions or like psych wards. And so there's definitely like some mental illness in her family. But, you know, so to escape this hectic world she grew up in, um, Norma spent most of her downtime going to the movies. And it was during this time that she was in front of the big movie screen that she realized she wanted to become an actor. So Dana, what's her big three? Okay, Marilyn Monroe was born on June 1st, 1926 in Los Angeles at 9.30 a.m. And she has a Gemini sun and Aquarius moon and a Leo rising. Fun. Mm. A really awesome big three. Um, Geminis are intellectually curious and have like a good sense of humor. 
Um, a trait I've noticed in a lot of Gemini placements, including myself and many more, <laughs> is like just not being afraid to play dumb in order to glean information from other people's reactions, either for amusement or out of caution or suspicion. Um, and I feel like that really probably worked for her in Hollywood as well as in a lot of her like the roles that she was then given. But we'll get into that later. But also her son's in her 11th house, which relates to like an individual's audience. Um, and she like clearly captivated an audience well enough to hold our attention for decades after her death. Right. Like Elise just yeah. explained. And OK. So Aquarius moons are air signs like Gemini's and air signs relate to human intellect and connection or relationships. Marilyn Monroe was smart. The moon is also human emotions and it's in her seventh house, which relates to business partnerships and public or un, or like known opponents as well as marriage. But so her moon squares her natal fourth house Saturn in Scorpio. And this can signify someone who is exposed to like the underbelly of society, as well as children who like society asks too much of way too young. Mm. Also, since her Saturn's in her fourth house, that's her uh, the house of family. And so and it's squaring her moon, which is the mother. So that's sort of like um, a lot to do with like maybe having an unstable mother, especially with the moon in Aquarius, it could be like an aloof mother. Um, this square also makes me wonder that she, like, I think she actually might have like resented playing dumb so much, right? To a certain point, um, especially towards the end of her life, because that Saturn in the fourth house and the fourth house relates to the end of life and Saturn relates so much to resentment. So her Leo rising also makes her a great performer and the star of the show. Leo is ruled by the sun. So her son is her chart ruler, uh, which means like it's her in her chart. And her son in Gemini being in the 11th house really speaks to her ability to amass an audience and like command it. Other celebrities Cute. with this placement include uh, the Olsen twins, Johnny Depp, Donald Trump, and many more, including yours truly. <laughs> wow. Dana oh. captivating that audience. Um. <laughs> Snaps for Dana. I'm twirling. Also, <laughs> two things that are interesting. Jupiter stationed retrograde 14 days after she was born, which means in her progress chart, it would have been when she was around the age of 14. So this could have been around the time that she was like visiting the cinema a lot. She and then also mm. Uranus stationed retrograde when she was 33 day 33 days after she was born. So when she was 33, and this is sort of like when it seems like a lot of action seemed to come for ahead for her. So we can get into that a little bit more wow. later. But it's definitely something to look out for when you're checking a birth chart. So Norma drops out of school and gets married at 16. And she's like, holy shit, being married is so boring. And eventually her husband gets deployed because it's World War II, and that's like what happened. So she started working in an ammunition factory. One day, a photographer comes around and starts taking pictures of the women working at the factory to send back to the troops to boost their morale. And the photographer thinks Norma's extremely beautiful. She's like, wow, thank you. So she quits her job, signs with a modeling agency, and starts a pinup modeling career. And I think you kind of know what a pinup girl is. But pinup modeling was a type of modeling where women would be like scantily clad and the photo was like meant to be pinned up or like hung up on a wall. But like we will become a theme during this, like Norma was more than just a face. She was also super ambitious and hardworking. So she's like, what do I got to do to get on more jobs? So she's like my hair. So she straightens her hair and she dyes it blonde and just like she knew, she got more jobs. And she appeared on 33 magazine covers, which is a ton. And from these features, she's able to get small acting roles. Yes. And agents like aren't that excited about her or her acting, but she does get a contract with Fox. And it's here that she gets the stage name Marilyn Monroe. So the name was picked by her talent director. Marilyn was because she reminded him of Broadway star Marilyn Miller. And the last name came from 
Norma's grandmother's maiden name. So what was happening when she changed her name? This was um, August 24th, 1946. And there is a first house stellium for her uh, transiting stellium with Saturn, the moon, Pluto and Mercury all in Leo. Whenever there is a stellium, that means that there's three or more planets in a single sign. And this means that there's a concentration of energy in that house in your chart and also whatever like that sign signifies. So the first house um, it's is going to change your whole image. It's how you see yourself and like what you imagine is possible for you. And again, Leo is the performer. Also, really like, what pops out to me um, in this chart is that Pluto is conjunct Mercury, exactly conjunct her ascendant. So Pluto is transformation. Mercury is the mind as well as the ruler of her son, which is her chart ruler. And her the ascendant is like literally who she is. Like that degree is, you know, it's her and her chart. So it's really like changing her at a molecular level, um, figuratively, maybe literally. I don't really I'm not a molecular scientist, but this is <laughs> like this would be the transit that sort of signifies that. Um, And then the North Node and Uranus were in Gemini, where she has her sun and her Mercury, which is pretty wild. Um, The North Node points to, like, what's trending in society um, or in our lives and, like, where we are going, the direction we're going in, right? It's the North Point. And Uranus is the planet of major detours and shocks. Um, Chris Brennan says Uranus transits make you, like, an unruly teenager, which I love. And so, like, Uranus conjunct the North Node is basically, like, an eclipse being swallowed by a wormhole. And since, like, it's conjunct her son, which is our identity and also her chart ruler, it's just, like, changing everything about her, right? And also, like, it's about who she is since the son is her chart ruler, but also about how she sees herself since that's what the son is. So it's, like, Mm. not just changing. It's both, right? It's convenient. Also, she was in a ninth house Aries Mars year. So Mars is her time lord since it rules Aries. And her natal Venus is in Aries in the ninth house. The ninth house relates a lot to idols. So this is sort of setting her up to become an idol. Damn. Love that. Marilyn. So Marilyn divorces her husband because he doesn't want her to act. And she's like, "Um, boy, bye. And then she spends time learning to act, sing and dance. And she really falls in love with acting. But Fox says she's too shy and they end up not renewing her contract. But that doesn't stop her. Marilyn goes back to modeling and she's like, I am going to make it. So she takes more acting classes, starts rolling with more high profile people that can help her career. She even hooks up with an executive or two because let's face it, it was the 60s, 50s. Women didn't have a lot of options. Maybe they were hot. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they could have been hot, probably not, but like whatever. It worked because she got another film contract and this is where she dyes her hair, the platinum color we all know and love. And she lands a small, uncredited role in a movie called The Asphalt Jungle that would change her life. When she's in this movie, the fan mail for her starts pouring in, which back then was probably like, you know, getting 100,000 followers on Instagram overnight, right? There wasn't a lot of ways to measure success with consumers and fans and moviegoers. So from this one small role, the movie executives definitely start to see dollar signs when it comes to Marilyn. So they gave her a bigger contract and start putting her in other movies. And this is a big turning point for Marilyn. So let's Let's uh, find out what was happening during this time. The Asphalt Jungle was released on May 12th, 1950. And at this time, Uranus, transiting Uranus, was conjunct her progressed sun in Cancer. So remember what happened when Uranus crossed her natal sun and she changed her name? When Asphalt Jungle came out, Uranus was at two degrees, um, Cancer less than one degree away from her progressed sun in her natal 12th house. So... Uranus, once again, is like shock and surprise and major changes. And the sun is kind of like the intersection of who we are and who we want to be, right? It can be like, it's like who we don't realize we already are, but also like fulfilling some potential. It also speaks to like 
our individual goals in life. So the fact that this is aspects occurring like at this time makes a lot of sense. But also the fact that it's occurring in her natal 12th house is interesting to me because this house house relates to things that we cannot see coming. And regardless of her ambition, it would have been uh, impossible to imagine like the amount of fame or success that she was about to attain. Right. And also she was in a 12th house cancer Munir. So this is really about like things kind of like creeping up on her. So her natal Pluto and her natal North node are in her 12th house. Um, If you ever if you're like looking at your perfections, look at the planets that are also in that activated house. Those are also sort of like your other time lords. So both the North Node and the Pluto like relate to intensity. And the 12th house is a year of like trial and error, right? Like Blink-182 said, nobody likes you when you're 23. Well, Marilyn pretty much debunks this rumor. Uh It's a year of like trial and error or trials and tribulations or just like it's like whenever also the Nords are activated in our charts, major events usually occur that we might never see coming. But they're like things that were always going to happen. Um, And then also on the day that the movie came out, the moon, Venus and the North Node were all conjunct in Aries um, in her ninth house, activating that name change again and enabling her to make a name for herself. Nice. That is crazy that she was able to make a name for herself in an uncredited movie role. Yeah. Like, let's just like remember the power that. of being like, hot. that's the power of being hot, hot. No privilege also it's crazy though because think of like how much more time it took to like write fan mail like you had to like find a piece of paper like it was a war i don't even know if they had paper available like you know you have right to- <laughs> literally during a war like most of the men were like gone <laughs> and like, had a lot of paper because they had to send it back in. and forth yeah i don't think we had a paper shortage maybe just like bread and butter or something um but yeah i mean it's just it's crazy so marilyn you know getting all that fame fan mail she's with 20th century fox and they're like marilyn guys jerk for you and we need to make more money so we want you to be a huge star so they wanted her to be the next betty gable who was known as another blonde bombshell but she was like huge in the 1940s so the industry really crafted marilyn's image to be for the male gaze let's remember she wasn't just a face she's a really good comedian she re- she starts to receive actual critical acclaim for her movie roles. She was named one of the brightest up and coming actresses and the best young box office personality. And her fame just keeps growing from there. And, you know, a few years go by. She's starring in tons of movies. And her makeup artist, Ellen Whitey Snyder, develops her trademark look, which is, as we all know, the dark arched brows, pale skin, red lips and a beauty mark. And she emerges as this major sex symbol and the actress you have in your movie when you want to make a shit ton of money. So is there anything in her chart, Dana, that would show she would be known for this signature look? There sure is. So Leo Risings are associated with their hair because Leo is the lion and lions have manes. So it's super on point that she's like associated with her blonde hair and also interesting that it isn't natural since she also has Neptune in Leo in her first house, which is the planet of illusions. And Neptune is a planet that also is related to, like, artists. This placement is usually the target of projection from others, um, which we've talked about a lot lately. But also, like, so crafting an image, I feel like, allows her to control it in some way, which a lot of, I mean, which fixed signs are associated with in general, like, needing to control. She's taking the reins in some way by this, right, which is very having, like, Neptune and Leo in her first house. Also, she has Venus in Aries, which is basically just daring you to look at her. Venus is ruled by Mars, which is associated, or Aries also is, like, the 
the sign associated with red. So those red lips and like mm. being in Venus, Ooh. which is like lips. And Venus in Aries is in detriment, which makes it rebellious um, and challenging because Venus is the sign or Venus is the planet that's like attracting things to it. And Aries is the cave woman who's dragging her man back to her uh, cave with by its hair. Right, Elise? <laughs> <laughs> and also her Venus is in her natal ninth house, which once again relates to like religion or icons and idols. So it's sort of like there she is being hot being our icon long after yeah, she's gone. Yeah, but she's hot in a rebellious way. Like this wasn't like obviously we have a we have a very like different view of beauty in our modern day, but like she was beautiful and up wet. She's called a bombshell for a reason because she wasn't just like your standard classic beauty. Like she stood out amongst all the other Hollywood starlets. People always say like women dress for other women and she was like, I'm going to dress for myself and men. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that, you know, did a lot for her and a lot of women were not pleased with it. But besides her trademark makeup, Marilyn became a huge sex symbol. She was famous for her hourglass figure that like very much hugged her silhouette. There was definitely a myth going around at one point. Do you guys remember this? That she was like a modern size, like 10 or 12. Like she's actually a bigger woman. And they didn't adjust for inflation. They didn't adjust, adjust for inflation. But like that also like isn't true. Like she literally had like a 22 inch waist. Like she actually did That's have so a body tiny. like similar to like the the like very hourglassy that like Kim Kardashian Crafted. recently made popular, but is also going back to or like going away from that. I don't know. Like she very much dressed super sexy. Like she accentuated her body instead of hiding it. And so like Joan Crawford, who was a big star at the time, called her style and behavior unbecoming of an actress and a lady. But she had a very like distinctive hip swinging walk that earned her the nickname, the girl with the horizontal walk. But Dana, what in her chart talks about like her sex symbol status? Well, first of all, Joan Crawford's um, children put her on blast in a movie called Mommy Dearest, where she they talked about her beating them with wire hangers. So fuck you, Joan Crawford. Talk about unbecoming for a lady. But yeah, so um, once again, like she has Neptune and Leo in her first house. And the first house and the rising is the only house placement in our chart that like directly relates to us and no one else. But it's also going to be like how the attention we get from other people. So it's ourselves, it's our perspective, our personality, our physical body. So the moon and the rising are the two placements that will relate to our physical bodies. The rising is a calculation. The moon is the only planet that's like our physical body. Anyway, though, Neptune is a planet of illusion and infatuation. And Leo is a sign of the self. So although she was undeniably hot, I do have a feeling that the mass obsession with her has maybe much more to do with how she made men feel about themselves when they were around her. And even Mm. when they were just watching her, like, because I feel like she being having that Gemini in the 11th house chart ruler, like. She's able to sort of like reach across the screen and communicate with people, right? I bet men just felt like she was like speaking directly to them. Like, I feel like this is the beginning, like pre-Reddit, Reddit. And this like, of course, isn't her fault. Um, not because I'm not victim blaming, um, but because she has Neptune in the first house, right? And just the other day, I posted an Instagram story to our account in reference to this placement. Um, it was an affirmation that said, I am not responsible for the fantasy other people project on me. And we said that this is the net, like the affirmation for people with Neptune in the same sign as their ascendant. It me. Uh, she is Saturn square Neptune in Leo. And I feel like Saturn in Scorpio, like this is a little bit of a reach, but Saturn would be an hourglass because that's like Saturn keeps time. And Scorpio is like so much sexed up, right? Once again, though, she has Venus in the ninth, which is icon status. That makes a lot of sense. So 
Marilyn actually appeared on the cover and as a centerfold in the first issue of Playboy, but she actually never consented to being in the publication, which is very messed up. But the photos used were previous shoots she had taken years before that Hugh Hefner like found and bought and put in the magazine, which like it's kind of crazy, but um, you know, she was just starting out. Yeah. So her having had posed once in her life for I mean, she probably posed more often, but this was like a huge scandal for her. But Marilyn, to her credit, was really ahead of her time when it came to PR. So she was like, okay, I'm not going to let this shit damage my career. I'm going to admit it and be like, yeah, I did pose, but I was super poor at the time and I needed money. So like, give me a break. Yeah. And this strategy worked out for her. Like she wasn't trying to hide it. She admitted it, and the public had a lot of sympathy, which definitely like catapulted, catapulted interest in her and her films. So people keep going to her movies. She's always being cast, but you know she's playing these roles where she's a dumb blonde, and she kind of starts to become known as one. Like even outside of movies, you know, on screen, her persona was associated with blonde stereotypes. So she acted dumb, naive, and like just always like down to fuck and she often used a breathy childish voice in her films and even in interviews you know she always just like gave the impression that she was super innocent like oh i just said something that was like kind of sexual but oh i didn't even know i said that you know that kind of vibe but again she's an actress and this was an act marilyn carefully cultivated her image, and she really had control over it. So she was a pro at publicity and spinning the narrative. She befriended gossip columnists so that they would like write about her. Like she was really like had a lot of control over this. But the thing was that maybe she was a little too good at playing this role because people like really thought that she was actually dumb and it kind of was like a detriment for her. Yeah, people's ideas of what like a woman was capable of was so limited, right? Yeah. So limited, So obviously. you could use it to your advantage, but of course at a certain point there's like, well, women can't be smart and hot. Well, right. what would that be? <laughs> like in a way she was like playing people, but then eventually it was like, it's almost, Dana, what you said. It's like the people were so dumb she was playing that then it became like a bigger issue in a way. Yeah, you just learned to resent it. You're like, oh, I, cr- I guess I crafted this, but now I'm so fucking bored of it. Like I'm a whole right, human. Yeah. Stuck in a prison of your own making, you know? Yeah, because she definitely was not dumb. She was far from that. Sarah Churchwell, who wrote um, this book called The Many Lives of Marilyn Monroe, wrote that Marilyn was smart and tough, and she had to be both to beat the Hollywood studio studio system in the 1950s. You know, once again, Dumb Blonde was a role. She was an actress, and she was such a good actress that no one now believes she was anything but what she portrayed on screen. And Marilyn kept getting cast in movies where she was just there to be hot or show off her body, and at this point, she's really over it. She felt like she had proven herself and wanted to be a serious actress. Plus, she was getting annoyed that she's like, I'm this huge star. But like, again, when Sarah mentioned the Hollywood studio system, like they fucked her over with contracts. So she actually wasn't getting like more money, the bigger her star rose. Um, So she was getting paid less than other stars. She couldn't choose her projects because, again, the studio system in the 50s was like, when you sign a contract with them, they basically own you. But... You know, she keeps trying to get in on these films with more serious roles, but studio heads kept like blocking her out because they wanted to use her to make them money. And they didn't think people wanted to see her in other types of roles, especially like other types of serious roles. 
So later, she actually started her own production company to make movies her way. Which, chic for her. Chic for her and also extremely progressive. Again, it must have been really hard to get that done in during that time. But while this is going on, Marilyn is getting a lot of publicity for her private life, which wasn't always so glamorous. Yeah. She was married to baseball star Joe DiMaggio, and it was not the best time. Um, Joe was, well, he was a huge baseball player at the time, but he was very jealous, controlling, and abusive. And they eventually got a divorce nine months after they got married. And the reason why was because of her infamous subway great dress scene. Yes. And this is the scene we're all familiar with Marilyn for. But the studio staged the filming of a movie scene where Marilyn stood over a subway grate with the air blowing up the skirt of a white dress she was wearing, kind of like cute, silly, like pushing down the skirt, but like not too much. Um, apparently, the event brought out 2,000 people to stare at her and the subway great scene um, and it would become one of her most famous scenes ever i mean when you think of Marilyn, that's like what you think of yeah well that's very leo rising to just always be on display yeah mm. so joe her husband at the time was super pissed she did this and we now know their marriage lasted for like five seconds but what is their by like Okay, so Joe DiMaggio was born on November 25th, 1914 at 7 a.m. in Martinez, California. And he had Jupiter conjunct Uranus on her descendant, Moon and Jupiter in her natal seventh house. So this is like magnetic attraction. Jupiter makes things bigger and Uranus is like, whenever Uranus is in sinistry, it's like this like electrifying attraction. Like you're horny, like it, it doesn't always describe relationships that last long, but it's ones where people are like, having sex before they've even like learned each other's names and then the moon like whenever also there's like moon uranus in history it's sort of like it tends to be a short-lived relationship unless there's other things that keep people together and then mm-hmm. his ascendant sun venus retrograde and mars are all in sagittarius in her natal fifth house and so the fifth house relates to romance sex having fun this is like a very highly sexed extremely fun and passionate and also maybe sort of an escapist relationship i don't know what they're like um how they partied together, but I'm assuming, well, it's also interesting (laughs) what we can glean about him from this because, I mean, this is sort of like, I'm going to extrapolate some hot takes and not really go too deep into his chart, but just based on this alone, having the sun exactly conjunct your ascendant is going to make you very involved with yourself. So he probably just sort of like saw like, what can this person do for me? How does this person make me feel? You know, everything's sort of coming back at him and himself. And then having Venus retrograde uh, in Sagittarius so close to that can really also just exacerbate how potent the sort of love between them was with venus in the fifth venus is in its joy in the fifth so for her having his venus in her fifth would make her just sort of like blissful and then having the mars conjunct venus and sagittarius is going to make someone extremely fun but then also mm, it could just really make himself involved um and then her son and mercury are on his descendants so this means that he thinks she understood him maybe better than anyone else and she probably did which is probably what ended up ending the relationship (laughs) and then his moon and chiron are on her as mars so i feel like I don't want to say like he was obsessed with her because again, so much of this relates to good sex and I don't want to, I should say that these are things that I talk about when I look at charts, not just because she, like I'm like a horny weirdo, not, I'm not just trying to make Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) She's not further sexualizing Marilyn Monroe. I'm just a creep. Okay. (laughs) So Chiron is so present in like any sort of like, like if you're having a Chiron transit, maybe good sex happens, maybe some sort of healing sex. Right. And also when this is on his moon and it's also on his IC, this is sort of like really getting to the root of him. And then, Mars and Pisces is a it's a placement where people sort of can go after people who like are fantasies 
but it can also mean that she was able to like sort of cut through to the root of him, um, which is, again, something that maybe he didn't always like. Yeah, I mean, and there was also a pretty significant age gap between them. She's 12 years younger than him. 12 years younger, though. Jack Harlow, call me up. <laughs> Speaking of, but it's around this time that Marilyn starts getting a reputation for being difficult to work with. She would show up late or she wouldn't show up at all. She has having trouble remembering her lines. She would demand a lot of retakes. Um, so things weren't going so well for her. And a lot of this was due to a drug and alcohol problem, as well as some new mood disorders that she suffered from. Marilyn had really bad anxiety and insomnia, so she started taking barbiturates and amphetamines, which just made her problems worse. And she would eventually become severely addicted. Yeah, like she definitely had mental illness in her family and it just kind of was like treated like just throw some pills at her and get her on a set like it wasn't really um, managed very well but Marilyn at this time also began an affair with Arthur Miller which was very publicized Arthur was a playwright famous for writing Death of a Salesman which is considered to be one of the best plays of the 20th century um, the studio did not want her to date him because Arthur was accused of being a communist and was being investigated by the FBI which cool <laughs> yeah and it also caused Marilyn to have the FBI open a folder on her which leads to a lot of the conspiracy theories that we'll talk about like as the episode goes on but Marilyn when it came to Arthur was like don't care and they get married she converts to Judaism Judaism and everyone thought they were a weird couple because she was like this super hot actress and he was this like weird nerd so what's their bywheel so Arthur Miller was born on October 17th 1915 at 512 a.m. in New York and so his North Node is conjuncture descendant in Aquarius, and this is all caps potent attraction, but also possible <laughs> conflict. Whenever there's nodal sinistry, you're going to sort of feel like it's sort of like uh, it could be love bowing, but it's also like couples who uh, I can't quit you. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, I can't, I can't quit, quit you. you. <laughs> His moon and Uranus are also in Aquarius. So once again, he has this moon Uranus sinistry with her. Uh, they both have their moons in Aquarius. Um, so they sort of are probably like aloof together. This is a couple that I feel like could be private together. His natal Venus and Mercury retrograde are conjunct her natal IC in Scorpio in her fourth house. Um, and so I feel like this means that he can feel like her family and also... Having this sort of energy, Venus and Mercury is together. It's sort of like harmony and wanting to understand. Mercury retrograde in Scorpio, um, I don't want to say it's scary, but it could be people who like, <laughs> I feel like he probably like knew stuff about her. Uh, maybe he like had private investigators follow her. I don't know. <laughs> just making all these bold claims. Yeah, I am. Well, this is just sort of I, like, I bet that he really did in a lot of ways make up for what um, her family like couldn't do for her. Like, so I bet this is sort of like mm. healing some sort of inner child shit, but then that's not always good for her too, right? Like it's sort of... I'm hearing big stalker energies <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah, well, someone recently said like, remember how in the olden days it was just sort of like women got married because like one guy would just literally not leave them alone and they're like, all right, I'll give you a chance, like, after, like, a year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was Arthur Miller. Yeah, well, I don't know. So Arthur has his natal son and rising in Libra in her third house. So this is two guys with their sons on their ascendant. So this is, again, sort of like, I wonder, since she has her Leo uh, rising in her Neptune there, if she's kind of attracting people who are interested in, in how she makes them feel. Like, not only... 
Like she's on drugs, but she's also like a drug for people, I think. To her detriment, obviously. I was wondering, like Arthur Miller and Joe DiMaggio are like, besides being famous, like in their own kind of spheres, like... I feel like they are very, very different people. Well, yeah, so they both have that sim- uh, similar, and then they both also have Mercury and Scorpio. So it's sort of sort of being oh. able to communicate with this part of her that I think was so neglected as a child. Interesting. Mm, sad. Him having, like, I feel like this might have been a more easy relationship, I want to say. His son being in, and his rising being in her third house is, like, very much friendship energy. The third house is siblings, but it's also, like, your friends who you talk to all the time, right? Like, we're third house people because of how, like, our, potent our text thread is, right? <laughs> his natal Mars is conjunct Neptune in her first house in Leo. So this is like hot fantasy. Mars and Neptune, whenever you're getting that transit or whenever you have that synastry with someone, it's very much like sexual fantasy. And sometimes it like it could be that fantasy that once it actually gets to play out, it is better than you imagined. Or it's sort of like, OK, like the the hotness lived in that fantasy. That's kind of like what happens to them, honestly. They end up being together for almost five years. And then she divorces Arthur, too. Um, She couldn't get pregnant, which she was really upset about. She resented him. He didn't really think she was that great of a wife. And then Marilyn goes on to have an affair with a co-star. And then Arthur, like, didn't even care. He wasn't jealous, like, nothing. So it was kind of a messed up time for her. So, you know, by this time, we're in the 1960s, and Marilyn is in pretty bad shape. She's, like... To be honest, super fucked up. Her drug problem has gotten so bad that it was said that when people applied makeup to her, she would be asleep from all the drugs she was on. So they would just like put on her makeup while she was asleep. She also had really bad gallstones and had to have surgery. She had to get another surgery for endometriosis. And she was even hospitalized for depression. Which is like so sad because I just feel like all of this is like if Marilyn Monroe were alive today, like all of these things like are so treatable and like, uh, you know, she probably couldn't get pregnant because of her undiagnosed en- endometriosis, which like they probably didn't have a good surgery or, you know, they still don't have a good way to detect it. And like she wanted a baby and she was sad. She's still filming while all this is going on somehow, some way. Um, but she does stop so- filming to sing Happy Birthday, Mr. President on stage at President John F. Kennedy's birthday party, which is like a big deal. And while she's singing, she's wearing this dress in like a beige, it was like a beige skin tight dress covered in rhinestones, which sort of made her appear like naked and shimmery. And everyone's like, whoa, this dress is crazy. Again, we're talking 1960s. Like now it's all about crop tops and bike shorts and spandex. (laughs) Like that was not the vibe. The dress was so scandalous. It almost shattered or it almost overshadowed rumors that Marilyn was having an affair with JFK. People couldn't stop talking about the dress. And again, you guys might know the dress because this was the same one Kim Kardashian wore to the 2022 Met Gala. Yeah, I didn't even realize, remember, because I think we were watching it separately, but still talking about it and when Kim came on the carpet I was like oh that's like real Marilyn Monroe vibes and you were like oh yeah no that's like actually your dress yeah so so this time for Marilyn honestly really sucks and is sad the studio tries to replace her on a movie um because they were getting like super behind in the time because she took time off to go sing to JFK um, but the director was like, yo, if you get rid of Marilyn, um, I'm not working on this. So the studio is annoyed and starts spreading 
bad press about her and saying she's crazy. Again, the Hollywood studio system, extremely corrupt. But because of all this, Marilyn, you know, spirals into a deeper depression. She starts behaving very erratically and she spends the last few months of her life under the care of a psychiatrist that was probably shady and she doesn't leave her house. And then sadly, she's eventually found dead in her home at the age of 36, which is so young and way too close to our ages for me to feel comfortable. Oh my God. We don't have barbiturates, thank God. <laughs> and she died from an overdose of barbiturates. Her death was ruled a probable suicide because she did have drug problems and unfortunately, she had tried to commit suicide several times before. So Dana, what was going on on this day? So she died on August 4th, 1962 in Los Angeles. And she was, uh, the chart for when she was found by her psychiatrist was August 5th, 1962 at 3.30 a.m. So he's a, a psychiatrist who's awake at 3.30 a.m., I guess was what we can <laughs> extrapolate from that. <laughs> um, and so she was in a first house year activating Leo, her rising sign, um, and the sun is her time lord. And the first house relates to ourselves, our physical bodies. Leo is about the self and performance. And the sun is like the goal of the chart. It's also Marilyn Monroe's chart, really. Like it's her and her chart, right? That's her. And on the day she died, um, the sun was in Leo, like conjunct the degree of her natal ascendant. So this is just really significant. It's her time lord is transiting her ascendant in her first house. It's also um, since Neptune is in her, in her first house, Neptune is activated and Neptune is heavily associated with like overdoses, with escapism, with substance uh, use and abuse. Well, that's crazy. Also, uh, there was a ec- solar eclipse in Leo less than a week earlier on July 31st and two weeks uh, before a lunar eclipse in Aquarius conjunct her natal moon, which also relates to our physical bodies. So this is significant for many reasons. Like eclipses are just intense, right? Like the ancient people used to think the world was ending when there was an eclipse. Like every time there was going to be an eclipse, they're like, is the world going to end this time? Wow. <laughs> and so a lot of significations of eclipses sort of relate to this, like this level of like unpredictability and like shock. There's, It's also like they're impossible to predict for beyond what houses they're falling in in your chart. And in the first house, it would relate to life. But also it's like her, the sun again is her time lord. So eclipses, whenever you are in... Whenever the moon or the sun is your time lord, eclipses are going to be a more significant transit, even more significant than they already are. But eclipses are already one of the most significant transits to um, track for like predictive purposes. So all in all, like it's very strange that it, how this all sort of happened. Like the eclipse occurred and then it took until the sun was crossing her ascendant for that to sort of really activate, if that makes sense. And then also eclipses can be activated ahead of time so it's like her her moon being eclipsed is also like in her seventh house which is like the house of your opponent and the opponent for her was time mm. it could be time but it could be something else when i said time i meant i meant the cia the mafia <laughs> um Marilyn's sudden death was a huge news story in the u.s and europe um it sparked a ton of conspiracy theories surprise surprise Because a lot of people don't think she actually committed suicide. As we have um, just briefly foreshadowed, a lot of the theories center around the Kennedy brothers being JFK and Robert Kennedy. Um, One theory is that she was killed because um, she had dirt on them. Obviously, there was like talk of her having an affair with JFK. There's also talk of her having an affair with with JFK's brother. And another is that the CIA killed her to hurt JFK. 
Another is that a mob boss kills her once again to get back at JFK. So just a lot of JFK enemies in here. It's so yeah. irritating. I mean, there are a lot of JFK enemies, and JFK had Frank Sinatra like get all the mobsters and Italians to vote for him, and then the first thing he did when he went into office was take down the mob. Oh my god. <laughs> but in my opinion, the most plausible thing that happened was that her psychiatrist overprescribed her drugs and then covered it up. Like, again, weird he was awake at 3.30 in the morning to find her. Like, Oh, there's a lot of weird shit. And also, like, we've done a few episodes about people being over-medicated or, like, controlled by their psychiatrists. And medicine was just, like, not regulated back then. Um, and, yeah. I also think that that's plausible because um, uh, <laughs> I feel like men were so much more into, like, I don't think that they would use the resources on that when they had other things to worry about, if that makes sense. Like... I bet they didn't know what she was capable of, or maybe she did have a secret. I don't know. Right. I don't think like the. I don't think like she would be murdered by the CIA because again, like there there was already a campaign to get her to be like mistrusted, erratic, crazy. Like if she did have something big, I just don't think that someone would kill her. But anyway, the weirdest one, the weirdest conspiracy of all is that the government kills Marilyn because she threatened to leak confidential information about UFOs. Fuck it, that's what I believe now. (laughs) We may not know how or why she died for realsies, but we do know right now she's back in culture. First off, like we talked about before, Kim Kardashian wore her famous dress to the Met Gala. So let's compare what went on when Marilyn first wore that dress for JFK's birthday and then when Kim wore it. Okay, so the dress was first worn on May 19th, 1962 in New York and it Kim wore the dress on May 2nd, 2022, also in New York. Which is literally almost 60 years to the day. Like, it's so close. Yeah, and that's really significant because 60 is 5 times 12. Um, And 12 is how many houses there are in a year. So it's like completing a full revolution. So the dress Uh, is in the end of its 12th hmm. house year. And the 12th house, once again, relates to sort of like things creeping up on you. It could be like, it's often like death. Um, It's like, you know, hidden opponents. Um, And I, I should say ahead of time, I'm not impartial. I think it was a little vulgar. So that's what I'm going to go off of. Also, two days after. For her to wear the dress, for Kim to wear the dress? Yeah. I understand why she did it, though, but I think that how it played out seemed a little vulgar, I guess. I don't know. And so this also occurred two days after a solar eclipse in Taurus conjunct Uranus. And Taurus has so much to do with, like, luxury. And then conjunct Uranus, it's also sort of like, it's sort of like breaking the tradition of what that dress was, right? I feel like it's kind of mirroring back to, like, what society is now. It's sort of like... um, yeah, society is fucking yeah. vulgar. The internet is vulgar. There's a lot of vulgarity to yeah. Kim. I'm not calling her vulgar, though. Just I just want everyone to know. Yeah, sure. not to turn this into a Kim bashing party, but it's like Marilyn Monroe was the most photographed woman of the 20th century, and Kim Kardashian aspires to be that. So I think for her to wear that dress is like she's trying to make a statement. Um, and I think it's like fucked up that Ripley's believe it or not gave her that dress to wear like let it be <laughs> like let it be yeah I also feel like 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 Kim doesn't have to do that do you know what I mean what could she do that would shock people like there's oh, right. very little that she could which do is at the this point part so it, of it all which is the vulgar part of it it's like the shock and awe factor but there are a lot of like similarities between them like there's Sort of like they both started their careers with like a a nudity scandal. Like 
Kim started her career with like a sex tape and then she claimed it wasn't her fault. And that, you know, people had sympathy for enough sympathy for her where she got a fucking reality TV show. Marilyn had a similar thing with Playboy. Like they both have, and you know, Kim has like played dumb a lot in her career. She's not stupid. But she's not stupid. We, we definitely know that like, you know, now she's a lawyer, like obviously she has a ton of like resources, but like still like, you know, Kim is a, you know, Kim was able to, really craft a narrative and kind of go beyond just like the dumb girl and that Marilyn didn't get that chance. You're saying the evil studio system in this scenario is Kris Jenner. (laughs) I was just going to say, this kind of shows you though, how much when you have like a mom who's willing to be your mom, when you have a mom who's the most Virgo to Virgo. Yeah, I guess I didn't say willing to be your mom who's willing to be your boss, your manager, who's willing to take... Uh, who's willing to make you a business, I guess. You're not a businesswoman. You're a businesswoman, as Jay-Z said. Yeah. The dress is also when it's had in return. So... <laughs> Back to the Shit. dress. Yeah. Back to the dress. That's probably why I got, like, fucked up. <laughs> it got torn up. I mean, you're going to go through shit during your sad in return. And also, it's sort of... It's marking a period of time. It's, it's marking how old the dress is, right? The dress ripped because yeah. uh, they had different body dimensions, but also it's old. Um, it's old. <laughs> was not meant to like it didn't there was not as much like synthetic fabrics back then like silk was that thin was not meant to stretch um and then the transiting south node um is on the dresses neptune in scorpio so this is sort of like bad decisions and being unable to see the potential consequences the south node is like what's going wrong or like what what's getting thrown out um and this is sort of like (laughs) the dress is it's not thrown out but the value decreased i'm sure um, or maybe it increased. I don't know how value works. <laughs> and then the moon is conjunct Mercury and Gemini on the day of the Met Gala. This is everyone's going to be talking about it. The moon is sort of like what's the most immediate thing happening. And Mercury and Gemini is like, hey, 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 did you hear what happened? Like, guess what's happening? Like, Kim Kardashian's wearing it. Is that vulgar? Isn't it vulgar? Like, being vulgar about how vulgar it is, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly. Aside from the Met Gala, Marilyn has been in the news recently for a multitude of things. There was a documentary released about her um, called The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tapes. Netflix is releasing Blonde, which is based on the best-selling, the best-selling novel by Joyce Carol Oates, one of my favorite authors, by the way, which starts Anna de, uh, excuse me, Anna de Armas. I'm not sure how I feel about that casting, but anyway, it seems <laughs> like Marilyn is like very much. I've heard conspiracy theories that people are trying to make Anna de Armas happen. Oh, I mean, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's oh, just a like fact. a doom wall. Oh, that's where I've heard this is a fact. That's where I get my conspiracy theories. That's where Dana gets her conspiracy theories from doom wall. But basically, um, you know, she's back in the news in a big way, despite um, passing away a significantly long time ago. So. What is going on that Marilyn is back in the culture? So, as we all know, people die, but charts don't die. And <laughs> people may die, but charts never, charts do. don't never die. die. It's like that scene in the Sandlot. Heroes get remember, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid, and you'll never there go, you go. wrong. <laughs> Benny the Jet Rodriguez. He was so hot. He was one of my first crushes. I used to watch a movie over and over again and be like, God, he is so hot. Marilyn had her Jupiter return. She has Jupiter in Aquarius um, in 2021. And I've noticed this a lot. Like, I forgot. I don't remember what episodes, but it's happened again when, like, dead people or, like, movies have come back into the um, 
zeitgeist like during someone's jupiter return also in Marilyn's progress chart her progressed moon and venus are conjunct her natal neptune in leo so it's sort of like projecting but also it's pro- they conjunct her progress neptune in leo but outer planets are so slow that they really stay the same degree anyway so venus and the moon is the fastest moving planet in real time and then it's also the fastest moving planet in your progress chart so you're tracking like um the moon in a progress chart to see like where the focus and attention is for that sort of like to your period of time and so having your moon in your first house is going to bring the attention back to her right like it's projecting it under um and then having venus there too like conjunct neptune is sort of like bringing back like venus is the planet of like beauty on uh, neptune is the planet of like illusion um I, I think some um an evolutionary astrologer said that venus or neptune is the higher octave of venus i don't believe this but i like the idea of it i think it's poetic um it's sort of like like neptune's like hysterical strength right which is love and venus is like that beautiful imagery it's sort of like putting her back in this like iconic uh it's really not seeing her as human but but it's putting her like um, above us a bit uh and then her progressed midheaven is in her needle first house so the midheaven is your reputation it's also putting it back on like directly to like her first house like who she is and then the transiting south node is conjunct her natal saturn um so this is sort of i feel like draining restrictions on her saturn is restrictions the fourth house has to do with like it has to do a lot with like early childhood psychology so of course she's not dealing with that anymore although maybe the spirit is i've heard on which twitter or whatever that her spirit was really angry um yeah someone said that like stuff was breaking um on their maryland altar oh yeah i remember that yeah so the south node in saturn is sort of um just like it's calling back to like the past and also like pulling back some restrictions on how we, it's showing us too like how different we see women over time right now kim kardashian can kind of do whatever she wants but mm-hmm. of course she does have restrictions too and then saturn is conjunct her natal jupiter saturn is the greater malefic and jupiter is the greater benefic this is like it's just sort of marking her place in time it's also in her seventh house so i feel like it's it's drawing more attention to the pain that she went through saturn has so much to do with like pain struggle trauma and it's like highlighting that for us since we know so much more about it now. Any uh, last last thoughts on Marilyn, Dana, Sarah? I like Marilyn a lot. I think she was very smart. I think if she was around today, she would be like truly like um, less controlled, I think. I think she would be more of like truly like a business. Like back in that day, she had her own production company. I think it only made like one movie came out of it, but also she was like going through some shit. But I think like nowadays, like she knew how to like play powerful people in like a good way. I'm not saying it in a bad way, but um, I also think she got swallowed up. What else could she have done? She did the only thing she could have done, right? We love Marilyn. We're excited to see what uh, manifests from more of this Jupiter return and remains to be seen if Ana de Armas can live up to the hype. I'm going to go with no, but we'll see. <laughs> Next week, we'll be talking about Warren Jeffs and the FLDS. And it is some crazy shit. <laughs> and you're going to want to hear it. And in the meantime, go watch Under the Banner of Heaven. Go watch the Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. There's so much you can digest between now and then. But in the meantime, go sign up for our Patreon and support us. We have a lot of great content coming out this month. And with that, I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday.
Marilyn Monroe was so far out of his league, it's not even fucking funny. 